0: You are now listening to Warrior on Fire. Fire. Hey, everybody! It's your boy Garrett J. White, the founder of Warrior and CEO of DKW Static. Welcome to Warrior on Fire Daily Fire Edition. Today's topic is this vests and hoodies. Sit back and relax, and welcome to today's Daily Fire. All right, my friends. So, um, I uh, there was a movie back in the day. A movie back in the day called Back to the Future. You might be old enough to uh, remember that movie. Um, if you were too young to actually know what that movie is, like uh, I seriously probably too young to be listening to my podcast. But for everybody else, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Michael J. Fox, Back to the Future, get on it, my friends. Back in the day, I was a kid. I, that show's got to be 30 years old. And uh, one of the things that he would wear all the time is he wore a vest. He wore like this padded vest. I thought he maybe those called a vest. I don't even know what it was called. The padded something. Anyways, he'd wear this, like, padded thing that had no sleeves and had no hood to it. It was just, like, this vest that he would wear over top of, like, a long sleeve shirt, and it acted as a coat. It was like a coat with no sleeves. And uh, they would make fun of him in Back in the Future about how he looked like he had a life jacket on. You know, what's going on? You're going to drown? You got a life jacket on? And they called him Chicken, and next thing you know, he's, like, all fired up because he called him chicken. What did you call me? Chicken? And then he freaks out, and he saves the day, and... Rins the girl and the, this crazy professor and all the rest of it and the flux capacitor and the DeLorean, which is like the coolest ass car of all time back in the day. So anyways, I have my own back to the future moment. We were going to the to the mall uh, with a bunch of friends and our kids, all of our children, and we were going ice skating and it was cold as shit. At least cold as shit for us here in Orange County. It was cold and none of us had dressed appropriately. So we decided to make a pit stop into Old Navy. Haven't been in Old Navy for a very long time. Going to the old Navy store, they're having like a radical like 95% off of everything it felt like. It seems like they're always having sales. Anyways, like I, whatever was going on, we weren't there for the sale. Everybody was cold, so we went in to go get jackets. And right there, sitting with a hood and no sleeves, my friend, was a back-to-the-future jacket. A nice, padded, big and puffy, keep-you-warm Vest. Well, this vest has become one of my favorite devices to wear in the morning on my walk and talks. This morning it was too hot to wear, so I just wore it. It was like sixty degrees this morning, but uh, no, most mornings now I'm wearing it. We wore it ice skating that night, and it was great. My wife got one, I got one, all the kids got one, like all of her friends got one, their kids got one, like everybody's got these same like padded, keep you warm, warm uh, jackets. But here was the thing that's crazy to me about that vest. That vest applies an interesting principle, which is it gets, it keeps the core of your body warm. And when your core of your body stays warm, the rest of your body seems to stay warm also. Like there's no sleeves to it, right? So like your arms can be getting cold. We were out ice skating on the ice skating rink, which is where we were going that night. And I'm starting to get hot and sweaty. And we're walking around and I'm, I'm feeling fine. I was doing the same thing walking and talking to myself in the morning, wearing a vest. My core is warm and my arms were not cold, even though it was cold outside. And this this vest itself started to open up this this idea. When your core is on fire. The rest of your world is filled with desire. When your core is on fire, the rest of your world is filled with desire. When your core is on fire, the rest of your world is filled with desire. And this this principle of the vest is literally how I feel about core four. Like my arms and legs and my head are exposed to the life they've called living on a day-to-day basis. But it's my core four and it's the core inside of me that when it's on fire, the rest of my life works. When my body, my being, my balance and my business are weaponized, when I'm getting my four every single day before I hit the door to go to war, when this reality hits, when this reality is experienced, when this occurs, my life itself unfolds and it becomes something bigger and better than it could have been before. And we face this. You and I face this every single day. We face this in how we operate. We face this in how we play, which is this. Are we taking care of the core? Are you taking care of the core? And that's my question for you as we wrap up today's Daily Fire. Where in your core four, across body, being, balance, and business, are you not taking care of the core? And the core is all four. And that core is ultimately you. If you're not taking care of you, you're done. Well, I don't have time to work out because i got the kids. I don't have enough time to, to meditate because like, I'm too busy with business. I don't have time to, to send messages to my wife and children or go on date nights because I'm just too busy with, with work. I don't have time to, to deploy that new marketing funnel because of this, that, and the other. Wherever it is, the question again is simple. Where in your world across body, being, balanced, and business are you not taking care of the core? For me, I got a little padded vest and I'm hitting my core four and I'm lit up as fuck. My friend, what you just finished listening to is today's daily fire, a parable and a principle. Up next is the daily fuel, which is the connection of that fiery parable and principle to the actual production strategies of living the warrior's way found in the warrior book. So if you don't have a copy of the warrior book, well, guess what? Although this next daily fuel is going to be powerful, it won't be nearly as powerful if you don't have the tools and resources to follow along. I would encourage you to head to warriorbook.com and get that book shipped to you today. Man, woman, or child is going to help you either way. So, with or without the book, here we go. And welcome to this section known as The Daily Fuel. All right, uh, so you got the story, you got Back to the Future. Funny enough, when I recorded that uh, that Daily Fire... Um, I actually went and watched Back to the Future 3. It was crazy. I actually looked it up. I was like, oh my God, that thing is so old compared to like, just like I was watching that show when it was like a, a kid. So anyways, we gave you the tale of the vest. We gave you how we got the vest from Old Navy and how we got it for our ice skating experience and how we, I wear it when I'm out walking and talking with myself. I'm out walking and talking with my teams. And there's this, this principle from the vest of warming your court. Where your sleeves can be thinner, you cannot even have gloves on, but as long as your core is warm, you end up staying warm. This is exactly what the principle happens in surfing, too. It's what, you know, miraculously, what, what changed the surfing world. Arguably, one of, the, one of the greatest shifts inside of the world of surfing came down with the design of wetsuits, right? O'Brien, being able to create w- wetsuits. Like this, this here in Southern California changed the game of surfing forever because it allowed for surfers to be able to stay out in the water for way longer periods of time and also allowed them to get into water that normally would have been way too cold for them to be able to get into. So our game, right? My wife is literally walking in as I'm doing this daily fuel. Would you like to say something to them about keeping your core on fire? Work harder. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Just work harder. Well done. Sweat more. All right. So anyways, little interruption. We're going to continue. Beautiful interruption, though. Love that woman. So again, the principle then is when your core is on fire, the rest of your world is filled with desire. Oh, we're getting a little rhyme up in here. When your core is on fire, you are filled. The rest of you is filled with desire. Uh Uh-oh. Let me say it one more time. When your core is on fire, the rest of you is filled with desire. Now, we're going to take that principle from this warm vest experience. I'm literally looking at the vest I'm speaking about sitting in my closet right now. And this principle, we're going to link up to the conversation of balance, but we're going to take it a little bit different angle. We're going to look at balance in a relationship with yourself. Okay, now sideline on this side, DJ this, remember, core four inside of the balance quadrant, there are a lot of options, okay, in the way you can play this. You can deal with yourself, you can deal with your wife, you can deal with your kids, you can deal with your mom, your dad, your brothers, your friends, your clients, it doesn't matter. Ultimately, there has to be two people involved in the equation, right? In the beginning stages, we're saying deal with deal with your wife, deal with your kids, okay? But there's also an ability to use the balance quadrant inside of this in Core 4 to actually have stacking be a connected piece to actually dealing with you, which means I can deal with my partner and posterity, but also deal with my own personal power. And in the old warrior book, in the new warrior book, it'll be very different. But in the old warrior book, we discussed this idea inside of chapter number 23, which is balance of power. Okay, so I'm gonna link that up here. We're still referencing the half a point. So don't get confused. We go into this daily field. We're still referencing that half a point. When I make a contribution of love, appreciation, and honor, I get half a point. I'm gonna do that with two different people. One could be me. And one could be another people or it could be two other people not involving me. And I get my full point for balance for that day. So our quote for today comes from Abraham Lincoln. Nearly all men can stand adversity. But if you want to test a man's character, give him power. (sighs) Some good shit right there. Listen to that. Nearly all men can stand adversity. But if you want to test a man's character, give him power. It's profound. It's the same thing that goes on with money, right? People talk about how money is, you know, how, how having a lot of money doesn't make you a good person and it doesn't do this. I was like, I totally get it. I was like, but here's what I can also tell you. Like you as an individual, the amount of money that you currently have, let's say that you, let's say that you make 100,000 a year, okay? Let's say you make 20,000 a year. Then you make 100,000 a year. Then you make 500,000 a year. Then you make a million a year. Then you make 5 million a year. Then you make 20 million a year. Then you make 50 million a year. Then you make 100 million a year. Like, do you realize that like the power that comes with who you had to become in order to produce that type of revenue and get paid that you don't just get paid, you don't just get paid 5 million a year because you have a fucking good smile, unless you're a smile model and people want to sell the shit out of your smile, Like, There's a lot of work that has to be done and that work itself opens up power, and with that power comes responsibility, and with that power comes a totally different psychology inside of life. Here's our quote again. Nearly all men can stand adversity, but if you want to test a man's character, give him power. So I can give a amount of money to one to person, and it'll break him. Right? You, give him a, you give a whole bunch of power to a person in a relationship too, and if it's not used correctly, that person itself will be tested to the max. You know, you live the warrior's way to have it all, and you're going to become an attractive human being. Like, as a man, you will become an attractive human being to women. You will become an attractive human being to men. You'll become magnetic in who you are, based in truth, living the warrior's way. We've seen this happen. Inarguable, which means in that place, there's going to be that attraction itself comes with power, and that power itself is there testing you. Now, we're going to take this idea from Abraham Lincoln, though. We're going to link it up to when your core is on fire, the rest of your world is filled with desire. And we're going to flip this game over. And we're going to start here in verse 14 on page 307. Arjuna's journey from the Bhagavad Gita. I started studying the Bhagavad Gita and found within this book of Scripture a story about a warrior named Arjuna. Arjuna. Side note here. Listen, I know some of you are like, well, who is this Arjuna? And how is this possibly a Scripture? And why should I be listening? Here's the reality. Arjuna Arjuna comes as a character out of the Bhagavad Gita. And the Bhagavad Gita is a book of scripture that's actually used inside of Hinduism, right? Gandhi. This was the book that Gandhi studied. So for those of you who may have been raised Christian or you may have been raised Muslim or you may have been raised something else and you're like Bhagavad Sharmaghavad, I'm telling you right now, fuck off, number one. And number two, it might do you well to go study the Bhagavad Gita, it completely altered my reality. Like, in a massive way, there's a specific translation of it by a man by the name of Iknath Aswaron, and, uh, like, just kills it. This book was amazing for me as a warrior man, as an aggressive businessman. I would encourage you to check out that translation. He gives you the English translation, helps set some context and some framework around what was happening, why it was so significant as he goes through the verses. So, back to 14. I started studying the Bhagavad Gita and found within this book of scripture a story about a warrior named Arjuna. When he was born, his father died, making him the rightful heir to the kingdom in India. He was just a baby and too young to rule, so his uncle decided to take over the kingdom while saying, Listen, I'm going to hold down the crown and maintain the kingdom for you until you're proper age to take over. 15. Young Arjuna rose up through the ranks as a soldier, becoming bigger and growing line upon line, precept upon precept, getting stronger and wiser in his years. When the time came for him to reclaim the crown, his uncle said, yeah, about that. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to remain king. Fuck off. Obviously, these are not the direct translations. Sixteen. Arjuna had become this total badass warrior, the greatest India, greatest warrior India had ever known. He was famous for what he could do with his sword and his bow and arrow. Thinking he had no other choice, he knew what he needed to do to usurp his uncle from the throne to claim his kingdom back, which required combat. 17. The god Krishna descended down in disguise as Arjuna's charioteer to watch the battle on the plains of Kukreshna. How do you say? Kurush, Kurushetra. Because the final battle was going to become the greatest battle in India's history. And Krishna wanted to be the right in the middle of that action. 18, Arjuna went down to the plane ready to battle. He got off his chariot with his sword, looked out across the battlefield and saw the military forces opposite of his army consisting of his brother, uncle, cousins, all against him. For the first time in his world, he began to shrink emotionally. He sat down in the chariot and looked up at his charioteer. 19, I can't do this. These are my brothers. We're going to kill them, all of them. We are more powerful, the military is on my side. We're gonna lead this war and we're gonna slaughter my family in order to take this back. And I can't emotionally deal with that very well. This is too hard for me. 20, Krishna then revealed himself to Arjuna. The rest of the Bhagavad Gita becomes a story of Krishna guiding Arjuna, looking out the darkness and the light inside of him. Arjuna deals with conflicting emotions and oppositions like life and death, as well as power and pain. It is in this internal struggle that becomes the ultimate war he had to face. Krishna speaks into the mind of Arjuna and Arjuna goes deep into his thoughts. 21. As I was reading and studying Arjuna's journey, I began searching for internal solutions inside my own life. I was struggling in my marriage and connection with other people. Why? Because I could not be true to me. I was lying to myself. I misidentified that the real war that I was fighting against was not due to external circumstances or causes, but was actually being fought from within. I wanted to change the screen when it was actually the image projected onto the screen that I needed to change. 22. When I had this epiphany, I realized that I had to hire a coach, someone who could guide me down this path to discover within myself. One day, one day, I was introduced to, woman, to a woman by the name of Byron Katie and massively trained the conversation inside of her book, Loving What Is, and what she called the work. First time I sat down with her, my initial experience with this was insane. 23. She looked at me and we started out a session. For the first time, I wasn't meeting with somebody who was trying to tell me that I should or shouldn't do something. She was just having me talk about things, listening and observing. 24 Little did I realize that what she was doing was training me on the practical system for changing the way my mind operated for the judgments and assessments of the world that I was persecuting and giving advice to. I was judging and I wasn't even conscious about it. At least not in the beginning. My entire life was being mirrored back to me, yet I couldn't see it. I couldn't see the forest for the trees. 25 I sat through my session with her and she asked me seemingly simple question after a simple question after I made one of my statements about my wife. Is that true? So this, this game that we're speaking to, like this was the birth of the stack. Like when we, talk about, when we talk about dealing with power and dealing with yourself, when we talk about this as a reality, when we talk about the connection with yourself as a reality, what we end up finding ourselves in is this place of discovery inside of you. Now, when you're in balance and you make a deposit into somebody else's life, you make a text to your wife, You send a message to her. You connect with her. You make deposits into her world. When you do this, there is a piece of you that begins to change. When you go out of your way to make deposits into your children's life, there's a piece of you that changes. But when you stack yourself, the world evolves at a rate that is very difficult to explain. The man that you are and the man that you will become in a very short period of time is difficult to contain. Stacking yourself on a daily basis. And that's how we earn this half a point. If you choose to go to this higher level black belt strategy, you're saying, listen, I'm going to send a text to my wife and my children. I'm going to get a half a point for that. But then I'm going to double down as a black belt and I'm going to play this a little bit heavier. And I'm going to stack myself. I'm going to do an angry stack of myself or a mega stack of myself every single day. And I'm going to attack pieces of myself. And inside of that attack of myself, I'm going to find truth inside of me. I'm going to search and I'm going to hunt it down. Just as Arjuna did, I'm going to hunt it down. I'm going to be at war with everything on the outside only to recognize that the war I'm with and the war I have is a war with me. 80% of my stacks that I do are stacks on me. Even if I could stack another person, I recognize that for me to even be in the conversation of wanting to stack another person, that the only reason that I'm in that position even wanting to be able to stack another person is because I chose to put myself in a situation or relationship in which I'm with that person. Again, I can stack my wife, but at the end of the day, who I really need to stack is myself. I'm the one that's married to her. I can stack my children and yet they're my children. I'm the one that created them. I can stack my employees and my teams, and yet I'm the one that hired them. I can stack my clients, and yet I'm the one that allowed them to be, to work with me. Right? I can stack all these situations, but what ends up happening here for me inside of this quadrant is that I really took on this balance game at a whole nother level, which is I took on the balance inside of myself. Inspired by what I saw Arjuna and Krishna do, I began down a path with a stack to be able to find a piece in me that I couldn't have found any other way. And here's what I know. When your core is on fire, the rest of your world is filled with desire. But the core of my life was me. There's a God. I am. I'm certain of this. There is a higher power than me. I get it. But inside of my world day to day, like I am the center of my own world and you are the center of your world and my children are the center of their world. And my wife is the center of her own world. I don't know all of her thoughts and feelings and opinions. I don't know all those. All day long, you and I experience a core of our world is ourselves. Like ourselves, nobody is there to save us. Nobody's there to change us. Nobody's there to take us, nor take us to a place that we couldn't go if we didn't take ourselves there. When your core is on fire, the rest of your world is filled with desire. Let's hit the general stand. Point one. Learn to invest in you, point two. We cannot see the value on ourselves until we deal with the issues or the stories we've created around us. Point three: Just like our Jonah from the Bhagavad Gita, it's not a matter of dealing with external battles, but the war within ourselves that will lead us to asking the liberating questions. Is that true? Point four: Working on the power-focused document or angry stacks and mega stacks help us shift the stories that we've been internally telling to take control of them, rather than have them control us. My friends, listen. Balance is a mandatory. Half a point. Half a point. However you peel it, that's fine. You wanna take on the black bulk strategy of stacking yourself every day, I can promise you it will pay off in a massive way.